Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second episode of DE Conversation. So today, we will be discussing about teacher interaction. So we are fortunate to be graced by two teachers, one representing the private sector and the other one representing the public sector. For, for the private um, sector, we have teacher Anne Kitoriano. She's from St. Catherine Drexel Magnet School in Antipolo. She's teaching preschool and grade school. And then for our public sector, we have teacher Divine Faith Carino, and she is currently a teacher three at Kalumpit National High School in Bulacan. So, hi, dear teachers. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. All right. So, teachers, are you ready to share your insights? Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's begin. So for our first question, dear teachers, um, as educators, we really need to organize our programs to ensure maximum effectiveness. So as teachers in the public or the private schools, how do you decide on which type of interaction is uh, most suitable for your students? So let's hear it from um, teacher Faith first. Okay. Um, that is a very good question, actually, considering first whether the teacher is from the public or private school is a big factor in answering that. So in the public school, the financial status and capabilities of the students are already a given information, right? I mean, no need to study about that. We all know that most students, if not all, enroll in a, pu in a public school because of that factor. Um, so as we consider about the interactions or assessments or activities um, to give to the students, we consider that, okay, um, activities that doesn't or do not cost them a lot of money. Okay, so with that in mind, we decide on the type of assessment to be used. Um, we consider assessments or interactions that will not consider them a lot of money. So another is also by considering the learner's needs. When I say need, I mean their intellectual capabilities and gaps. <laughs> so even though we are handling senior high school already, it's uh, a part of the reality that not all of the students in the senior high school are already good, specifically in English, since I handle English. So we also take that into consideration. A lot of things to consider, <laughs> actually, when it comes to choosing or deciding on which type of interaction is most suitable for them. But I think if I'll be choosing one, that is their financial um, capabilities. We cannot give them expensive activities or whatever <laughs> like that. That's, yeah. That's right. And so that's where also um, where like the capability to buy gadgets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Technology also like if they have internet. So it's really dependent on that, no? When yes. distance learning. All right. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciate like what teacher um, Faith said about considering the individual needs or readiness of the yeah. students. So that's one big factor also. How about teacher Anne? I don't think there is one suitable um, type of interaction for the learners. In my experience, I have to use or explore many materials. Um, a lot of things like virtual, visual materials, videos, and um, actual materials. Especially in preschool, we also employ games and a lot of activities that will challenge them 
and interact with us. So I feel you, Teacher Anne, because I'm also a preschool teacher. And yes. with, with distance learning, we really have to triple the effort in terms of getting their attention, yes. right? Yes, a lot of materials. You so, have to, to explore a lot of things. That's mm -hmm. correct. So we have to prepare manipulatives mm -hmm. also and mm -hmm. be resourceful of the materials that they can find yes. at home. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. All right. So teachers, for our second question, how do you balance the right mix of synchronous and asynchronous classes? Um, and how do you and how did your students respond to those uh, activities or types of classes? Teacher Anne. Mostly teacher, we do virtual classes during Mondays to Wednesday. And then uh, on Thursday, we let them do the activities or quizzes in the Google Classroom. That is the time they have to do things on their own. And uh, on Fridays, we do um, group classes. So I think um, with our experience, it is effective with the preschoolers and the graders. So how, how long does it take for them to have their um, online classes? What's the duration of their online? Per uh, subject, 35 to 40 minutes. Okay. This is both for preschool and uh, elementary level. Yes, po. Yes, po. And yes. then they have from uh, they have individual classes and then they have group classes on some during Friday. During Fridays. All right. All right. So good. Thank you, Teacher Anne. How about Teacher Faith? Um, in Calumpit National High School, we offer modular learning to students. But for those students who have the resources such as internet connection, they have the devices, we offer virtual classes as well through Google Meet. But it's not required. Only for those who can. But for those who really do not have the resources, they just have their modules every week. So we actually call the virtual class online kamustahan. So it's not tagged as a, an official informal online class. It's just like a kamustahan thing for for those students who could not join, not uh, for them not to feel pressured at all that they could not join the online class. So we just simply call it online kamustaan. So during the virtual classes, um, we discuss important competencies, not all of the lessons because there are a lot of competencies to, to discuss. So we just choose the most relevant ones that need um, intensive discussion. And also if the students do have questions relevant to the subject, that is the time that they could immediately throw their questions. On the other hand, for those who do not have the resources, we provide video lessons, which they can watch um, whenever they want. And also we make ourselves available through Messenger. So bawal ang <laughs> offline during. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, because there are a lot of students who really throw questions for almost every day. So since there is free data on Facebook, even those who do not have internet internet access can ask for assistance as they answer their module. But uh, also for those who do not have phones or anything to use for them to communicate to us daily, we just directly give our feedback or our concerns to their guardian for we meet them weekly as they get their modules. So this is how we balance synchronous and asynchronous classes. Company. It's really nice because 
um you are able to use different medium no yeah. like you're maximizing social media messenger google meet okay and um it varies kasi like it really depends on their uh, uh, uh on the availability of their gadgets yeah <laughs> they can do modular that's feet, how do how do they do the modular classes they get it weekly and then they have mm. to learn the modules the following the, week the yeah. following yeah, in our school, they, the parents, the guardians get their modules, the students' modules every Friday, and they will uh, give it back to us every Friday as well. So one week uh, duration, something like that. They have a week to finish their modules. And then how do you give your feedback on that? Like, after a week, you're going to return the old uh, module that they submitted? No, because of uh, the uh, possible threat of COVID-19, we are oh. not allowed to touch the module for, I think, two weeks. We have to quarantine the modules as oh, well. okay. Yes, because if we're going to do that, we're going to do that, our health will be at risk as well. So we have to quarantine the modules first and then check the modules after they are or it is already quarantined. Then afterwards, oh, with, with regards to the feedback, we just send messages to the students via Messenger. And also, I personally write the feedback on the essays or output of the students so that when they have it back, when they receive it, they'll be able to read the feedback that I've written there. So yeah, extra effort put talaga and also a bit task in right. our end. How about teacher Anne? You, do you yes. also do like modular, do you provide modules or you send it um, to Google Classroom? We send it to Google Classroom or the Messenger. Uh, the worksheets, we send it to the Google Classroom or the Messenger and then uh, the children will send it back to us and then we are going to check it through Messenger or through the Google Classroom. Ah, so it's online also. The way we do it and then submit it online. Yes. So feedback yes. is like direct yes. no, after you yes. received it and then you give feedback. Yes. Uh, those things are nice to learn about these <laughs> mm -hmm. synchronous and asynchronous classes. And um, for my third question, I would like to know like what are the challenges <laughs> Um, that you've experienced. I know there's a lot. A lot, <laughs> yes. From our shift to, uh, from educational, I mean, traditional face-to-face -face classes to distance learning, virtual or online learning. Would you like to go first, teacher Anne? Um, yes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I think um, the most, uh, aside from using and learning the... Um, uh, all the technologies or application, which you know, teacher Marisa, uh I have uh, uh, difficulties doing that. Um, I think it's more of the ability to communicate your feelings with the children. Correct. That is the most challenging part. Um, for example, if you if the children um, is uncomfortable or if the student uh, if you feel that the student is uh, shy so how will you comfort them mm -hmm. so uh, i think that is the most challenging part that's true mm -hmm. i agree with you also how about teacher faith mm. <laughs> in the public school there are a lot of issues and challenges to be honest but if i were to choose one i think that is um to gauge or to measure the learners how can I say it? Mm -hmm. If they really 
understand if they really uh, learned something uh, because we don't get to see them every day. We don't get to, you know, see them as they do the activities. We don't get to throw questions immediately, like probing questions for us to check whether they understand you or not. <laughs> but now, since everything is done virtually, everything is done through chat, or messenger so this is the real scenario a lot of students copy answers Correct. from the module mm -hmm. they copy answers from their classmates yes. as in exactly the same answers so you really cannot know did you even read your module or what and also some students let their parents answer their modules you'll really see the handwriting that it's as if someone's older than them um, has written or has answered their answer sheets or their modules so it's really really uh difficult to gauge whether they learned or not but uh, we created interventions to solve that um yeah a lot of solutions to to address that particular issue and the one of which is we provide extra activities activities that are not in the modules so they have nothing to copy and also uh, we communicate with the parents we tell them that um, if you're going to be the one to do the module your uh, student your child will probably be promoted to the next level but the question is did he or she learn something so the, this, the the parents are thinking about that thought. That's so. right. That's right. So assessment is really crucial no, for, for us teachers with the distance yes. learning because it's so hard, as what you've said, it's so hard to gauge if they've, they've really learned the yeah. lesson well. It's really difficult. But I appreciate like what teacher um, Faith um, has shared about the different... Uh, things that they've done to bridge that gap. Okay. I, I also have another public school teacher friend whom I interviewed um, via phone. And she said, um, for some public schools, I'm not sure if this works for teacher feet, but for some public schools, they, they have what they say, Project ACAP. This is for the younger levels. Like if the, the students um, uh, are having a hard time understanding the lesson and the parents also kind of teach them very well. What they do is like they go to the public school and they do one-on-one -on -one, face to face. Pero it's on a scheduled basis and it's it's not it's not regular only when needed talaga. As in if the child really doesn't understand it and, and the parents cannot explain it to them. Um, do you do that, teacher Faith? No. No, because oh. in Kalumpit, it is really discouraged to yeah. do face-to-face -face, um, interactions with the learners. Even the modules, they could not get, they cannot get their own modules. They have to have their guardians go to school right. to get their materials. So even though they are already 19 years old or 20, it doesn't matter. The guardians should be the ones to do right. it for them. That's correct. So thank you for sharing those experiences. I'm sure it's difficult, but you were all able to um, overcome yeah. <laughs> and oh, was successful um, in doing online learning for almost one and a half one years. Year. Yeah. yeah. So um, now I would like to know, a while ago we were talking about your interaction with your students. 
So now, I'd like to know, how do you interact with your co-teachers during this pandemic? No? Before, we used to be with them yeah. all day in the faculty, discussing plans, events. Yeah, but now, how do you do it? Teacher Faith. Oh, this is actually another challenging part of the new normal. <laughs> Even the uh, interaction with co-teachers is now limited. So we just basically communicate virtually as well through Messenger and also uh, Google Meet. And as you know, it's so easy to misunderstand someone if it's a written communication. <laughs> and because of that, uh, for the past uh, months during this new normal, I've seen really a lot of miscommunication because of that. And a lot of us really adjusted. So yeah, we miss face-to-face -face interaction very much so uh, when talking about co uh, interaction with co-teachers. So yeah, it's virtual communication. Virtual communication. Mm -hmm. How about you, teacher Anne? Same as teacher Faith. Um, we actually communicate almost every minute uh, <laughs> through chat. <laughs> Sometimes um, uh, during more than the school hours. Uh, we are very close kasi, coming, coming. We are very close. And so, uh, yes. So uh, we do chat. And if there are concerns, uh, we just post it in our group chat. All right. So basically, it's all social media, mm -hmm. connecting through mm -hmm. social media no? for now. All right. Together so, with our directors also. Yes. So um, any key takeaways you'd like to share as we continue distance education during this pandemic? I'm sure it will be um, this school year. I'm sure it will still be online. I'm not sure yet if <laughs> we're going to finish this school year online, but hopefully not. What are your key takeaways or your tips for teachers also? Me first? Mm -hmm. um, be proactive. Don't stick with one system or one of our approach. Try to read as much as you can and explore many things. Uh, know your learner also. Know your learner and uh, as much as... Um, we are restricted to communicate our feelings with the children. Try to, um, you know, try to communicate with them through messengers uh, and and comfort them and uh, say things that uh, would would at ease them during difficult times with their studies. Thank you, teacher. And how about teacher Faith? Um, personally, I have learned three things during this. Uh, pandemic during the past struggling months, which I would like to share mm -hmm. to whoever is going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, number one, we have to be open. Two, we have to be grateful always. And three, we have to be who and what we have to be as a teacher. We have to be first open with the possible changes that are gonna come in the next few months probably we don't know about that yet but all the more in the field where we are at change is the only constant thing and if it's if a teacher doesn't know how to be open for possible changes he or she will be paralyzed <laughs> so we have to accept and to embrace whatever is gonna be changing on the next few months especially in education secondly we have to be grateful because life is difficult and it's been even more difficult because of this pandemic but I for one is grateful for having this job that is not affected 
affected by any external factor like this COVID-19. We still have our salary. We still do what we love to do. We still get to provide for our families. So we have to be grateful. And lastly, as a teacher, we have to not forget our roles. We are called as teachers to teach and to educate, even though the delivery of instruction now has changed because of the pandemic, it doesn't mean that our roles have changed as well. This is not the reason for us to fail to do what we ought to do. We teach, we touch lives. Yeah, that's really very nice. Thank you for those insights. I'm sure the teachers who are listening will be very inspired. But to sum up everything, um, teacher-learner interaction has really changed no? tremendously from traditional setting to distance learning. But of course, um, as teachers, we are all, as what Teacher Faith has said, we are all very open to change and we have adapted easily. And uh, um, what I got from Teacher Anne is it is very important to know your learners, how to communicate to them, like identifying like whether they, sh they are shy or how are you going to connect if a child is like that, to be able um, to have the child um, to have the child's interests. And of course, as teacher Faith said, we have to be open, grateful, and embrace what we have to, to embrace during this challenging time. So with that, I think we're closing our episode two for our DE Conversations. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.